Hey, hey, people of Earth, it's time to enter the spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick and Casey. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on SpoilerVerse.com. But if you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcaster, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us or use a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at SpoilerCountry at gmail.com. And welcome back to Spoiler Country. I am Johnny Horsey doing this again solo because Kendrick is off. Well, Kendrick, he's, he's off doing Kendrick things. So today you got me doing the intro and the outro and hopefully you like that. Today, though, on the show, today on the show, the thing you're listening to right now, the thing you care about the most, the thing you want to know what's going on to, well, that's Casey. And Casey gets to talk with writer, director, actor, producer, co-founder of the Pure Fix Entertainment, filmmaker David A.R. White about his new film, Beckman. Now, you might scratch your head going, but John, we've heard you guys talk about Beckman before on this show. What's going on? Well, you may remember back in August, we talked with Kira Reed Lorsch about the same film because she's in this film, Beckman, with David A.R. White. And we were lucky enough to sit down. Well, by we, I mean Casey. Casey was lucky to sit down with David A.R. White or David White or David or Mr. White, whichever one you want to call him. Let's call him David and talk about Beckman and the premiere they're doing and all the precautions they're taking for COVID because you have to. And just sat down, chatted for a little while, and had a good time. So, enough of me rambling here. Let's go ahead and sit back and listen to David A.R. White in his own words. All right, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of Spoiler Country. Today on the show, we have actor, producer, writer, David A.R. White. David, how you doing, man? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Man, uh, okay, so I clear the air a little bit here. I think we dropped the ball once or twice in uh, trying to connect with you. It's been crazy. We had uh, some issues with recording gear and all that, but now we're ready to go. You have a movie premiere coming up. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, I'm excited for it. It's a movie called Beckman. And if you like revenge movies, um, <laughs> this is uh, this is that. I, I've always been a big fan of revenge movies, and so you know, from the John Wicks to the Takens to the Man on Fire, it's this is this is its own its own version, though. But yeah, I'm excited about for it. That's awesome. That's can can you go into a little bit of detail about the film? I cannot. No, I'm just no, kidding. no. That's cool. <laughs> totally Don't give it away. But <laughs> no, no. Of course, yeah. It's about a hitman who wants out, and and he comes and he's been battled, bruised, shot up. He's about on his deathbed, and he stumbles into this church. And this pastor, played by Jeff Fahey, brings him into, you know, nurses him back to life, so to speak. And and in the process of it, you know, he kind of uh, starts to look at faith and what is that, you know, what is the purpose of his life and all of this. And he starts to dig into it. And then Fahey turns this church over to him to take over. And, and he ends up, you know, taking this runaway off the street and this little family. And then all of a sudden 
uh, Billy Baldwin's characters is played by, you know, he plays this like Billy, this billionaire, just crazy uh, cult leader. And he wants his muse, which is that happens to be that runaways that, you know, he wants that girl back. And so he comes in and he kills people. And then of course, you know, our hitman comes out of retirement and has to get her back. But in the process, he mows through a lot of people. That sounds like the, the premise of that sounds pretty awesome. I, uh, I'm looking at the cast list on this. And I mean, you already amount, announced Jeff Fahey, William Baldwin. You have so many really solid actors on this piece. And yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it sounds like it's going to be a really entertaining film. Burt Young, you know, that was pretty fun to work. I'm a, I've been a big Rocky fan forever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, Burt, it was the only one who was in all the Rockies. So it was a pleasure to to work with him and, and hear, you know, crazy stories and everything else. I just realized he was in Chinatown. I love that movie. And I, I for some reason, never connected. Yeah, Burt Young is 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 huge. So so this is, this film is one that you're producing through your company, correct? Yeah, it's, you know, there's really, for us, PureFlix is our company. And there's really never been like a, a fate, you know, a revenge movie with, with more faith, a, a faith bent to it, so to speak. And, and so just was excited to take a stab at that and, you know, and try to bring something new as well to the revenge genre. Was it hard? It sounds like a as someone who, who's wanting to adhere to, to their principles and, and their faith, it sounds like a film that would be a hard line to walk yeah, and stay true to those principles. What, was it hard to, did you have to check yourself while you guys were making this and, and kind of uh, just double check and make sure that this was what needed, you know, how the characters needed to be, how the film needed to be, how it needed to represent your faith? Yeah, you know, obviously, I think anytime, you know, I mean, you know, I'm most famous for the God's Not Dead movies. And I think anytime you try to deal with faith in in films, you want to do it as organic and, and realistic as possible as in any story, you know. And I loved dealing with this idea that no one's perfect and everybody needs a second chance. And even if you're, you know, and then you take it to We've seen it in a lot of different ways, but we've just never seen a hitman have to work through his faith. And, uh, and that was really just an exploratory, tor- tor- <laughs> I think I got the wrong, explorative <laughs> journey to take. And, and I think we, we came across some really cool themes and, and how do you have second chances? How do you have forgiveness if you are an assassin? You know, So it was fun to explore. That's awesome. I'm looking at the other things that you've done and and you've really kind of explored a lot of interesting things via PureFlix and keeping in with not just through PureFlix, but the films that you've done through PureFlix have all been pretty varied in, in their content and what they're about. So it's interesting to me that you guys are really kind of running with it. And I respect that so much. And it's a weird comparison, but you guys are like the Tyler Perry of, of Christian film <laughs> in that you, you're, instead of asking for a seat at the table, you're building your own table yeah, and I mean, making you know, yourself seen. From early on, I grew up, you know, my father was a minister 
and um, in a really conservative town outside of Dodge City, Kansas. And, uh, you know, growing up, I just realized that there was no, there was no faith genre at the time. And, you know, when I got to LA, I was on a television show called Evening Shade with Burt Reynolds for almost four years. And, and I did a lot of TV stuff, mainstream TV, but I always just had this passion of this faith-based genre and how do you flush that out more? And in the process of that, you know, not just to do the, the cookie cutter faith-based movies, but that there's comedies, dramas, you know, action thrillers, like there's all these different veins within this genre that you can explore because faith doesn't stop. Like if you look at the Bible in the old Testament, I mean, there's a lot of bloodshed. There's, you know, there's just oh, yeah. super violent, but there's also just, just in the Bible as a whole, there's all everything, you know, and God offers that forgiveness, not just for, you know, those people who have lived a perfectly righteous life. Like it's, you can have a second chance to anybody who's out there. And I think that's the interesting thing that there's, you know, I think our society sometimes wants to put everything in a, you know, parameters around it, but it's, it can be more wide open and exploratory, you know, explorative. And that's what we're trying to do, you know, even in this movie. That's really cool. And still have the action and fun. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that you guys will will explore any more with the characters in this film? Because it sounds like something that you could keep going with. Yeah. I mean, if you no, look I, at the contemporary like John Wick or something like that, it's people love stuff like that. It has legs for sure. Yeah, I think this one does as well. You know, we'll we'll, we'll obviously see how the audience responds to it. I mean, you know, as it comes out on the 22nd here and it comes out wide universal's taking it out so that's exciting and you know it'll be everywhere but ultimately you kind of just see how the first one performs and this director gabriel sabloff and i did the revelation road trilogy which if you haven't seen it that's it's worth the watch it's super fun and it's this apocalyptic mad max you know these three movies and so i think this one's falling in the vein of that in its own way i'm hoping to do a sequel we'll see that's awesome. That's awesome. So you wear so many hats. The You got bit by the acting bug at a young age, I'm sure. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, I, was, I grew up as a Mennonite. If you don't know anything about the Mennonites, the joke is that the Mennonites make the Mormons look like a pack of hell's angels. So <laughs> we were super conservative. I saw one movie in the theater the first 18 years of my life. I was probably the last person that would have went into the entertainment industry. But from an early age on, I think I just remember like in high school, uh, loving movies and, uh, you know, from what I knew about them, you know, from television, I could watch television. So I could see some things and, uh, but love stories. I just was a storyteller. And, you know, that kind of just led me to move to LA when I was 19 and, and, you know, Certainly the performing is something that I love and hopefully have been, you know, pushed in on it. And, you know, you just try to be excellent at whatever it is that you put your hand to. Ben, I think I've directed, I've written, but I, mostly I, I enjoy just the producing and the, in the performing side. Those are the two that I push in on the most. That's awesome. Was it hard to get support? Uh, the thing I'm curious about, you know, Growing up in a Mennonite family, was it hard for them to see that 
your desire to create and to to have that sort of uh, creative side was valid? Or did you really have to kind of put your nose to the grindstone and prove to them like, no, this is, I can actually make a living doing this. And, you know, it's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I, I don't think any of, I don't think my family really thought that I was going to stay doing this. But, you know, my parents were supportive and they, yeah, it is, you know, they just hoped that I would continue to serve God in the process. That's what they said. They said, as long as you, you know, put him first and foremost in your life, then we'll support you in whatever you want to do. And, you know, they were small town pastors, so they didn't have any money, but it was, you know, emotionally supportive, even not, even, you know, not really understanding it. I think if your parents out there just support whatever it is that your kid is passionate about, because, you know, we run with our passions. And, uh, and if you don't, then, you know, then I think you second guess yourself a lot in life. So it's never too late, though. That's awesome. That's inspiring. That's inspiring. Just one quick, dumb question. How was it working with Burt Reynolds? Yeah, Burt Reynolds gave me my start, actually, and very cool, actually. I mean, you know, he believed in me. I I came on that show with one line, and he developed a character for me to keep coming back, um, playing the best friend of his son on the show. And so, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, and then everybody on that show, you know, Evening Shade was had either won an Oscar, an Emmy, or a Tony, and they had worked with Burt Reynolds over the years. And, you know, people like Hal Holbrook, Ozzie Davis, Ruby Dee, Elizabeth Ashley, Charles Durning, you know, and then they had these guests from, yeah, I mean, from Billy Bob Thornton to John Ritter, you know, Kenny Rogers, like Terry Bradshaw, all these, all these people were on that show that as a kid, I was so blessed to just be around them to start my journey out. But what I took most from Burt Reynolds was that fact that he had worked with his friends for so many years. And, and, you know, over a 30 year span, like on that show, he would have people from all walks of life. And and you just look at the friendship that he had with these people. And I always wanted to do that. That's what I took away. And, you know, and I've been blessed to be able to, to do that a lot with, with my own, you know, pals. He kind of did the Adam Sandler thing before Adam Sandler. If you think about like the, you know, how Adam Sandler has a consistent cast of people that he works with. And they go do their thing in Hawaii and make a ton of money making <laughs> movies. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I mean, that's that's uh, we had John Farley actually, um, you know, Chris Farley's brother. Oh in, wow! In our last movie that we were shooting here, right, right after you know, we were finishing it, right after you know, uh, finally we got the approval from SAG. But the funny thing was, is that he was saying, yeah, you know, Adam is. Uh, as long as you, as long as you come to Adam with like a really good project that's for his family, that his family would want to go and he would want to go, like like in Hawaii or like you oh, know, that's so rad. then he'll <laughs> then he'll you know he'll seriously consider it, and that seems to be the thing that that he does for sure. I mean, like you know that that last one, I think that all oh, that Missy movie, you know, you see you see Adam's wife has a big role in it, and Adam's kids are in it, and you know, it's just funny. Oh yeah, yeah. We, my wife and I, saw his uh, uncut gems film not long ago, and it yeah. was such a turn from what he normally does. Did you it like was, it? I did, but huh? it was a film that made you feel bad later. Like and the like. Well, the, that was definitely one of his. I think tries you know his acting. Role. It was like yes, he. <laughs> 
he acted the the crap out of it and he um, but it, it was definitely a heavy film and nobody in the film it was one of those movies where nobody in the film is a good person uh, and it's yeah. hard to it's hard to root for a protagonist if they're kind of a scumbag okay. and, which i mean in your latest film you play a, a, a hitman is it as an actor? Is it hard to get into a character that you would not want to be in the same room with, much less you know, be you know working hand you know side by side with? Is it hard to kind of take on that well, role? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, but I think with Beckman, you know, this guy is uh, he's doing it because he feels like it's right. You know, when he goes on his revenge tour, it is not because of he's trying to do evil in the world. It's he's trying to correct an evil situation. And and that's easier to play because, you know, I think even for, if you're playing villains, I was told by one, I'm trying to remember which star told me this, but years ago they said, you know, you want to, this guy thinks he's right. And what he's doing is just his way of proving, uh, you know, of, of trying to, to reset, recalibrate what's wrong. Yeah. Uh, even though it's probably the wrong way of doing things, but in the same way, Beckman is similar in that way. He's trying to recalibrate and reset the evil that, you know, Billy Baldwin's character has unleashed on the world and it gets into sex trafficking. And I mean, it has the, you know, the kind of the taken aspects to it, but at the core though, I think it's a fun movie. That's, you know, hopefully you just go along for the ride and, you know, don't overly think it through. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's an action movie, you know. It's a revenge action movie. What, was, it, was it fun getting to kind of do the action pieces in this film? Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, Monty Perlin's my stunt coordinator who's always just so great. He's worked with me since 2000. Um, since I did a movie called Mercy Streets. And and he's just, he's always, you know, all the things that, although I did all my stunts in this one, you know, all the oh, fighting. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just, but he's just helpful on the fight choreography. We brought in some great martial artists to coordinate that aspects of it. There's just, yeah, it's fun. It's certainly exhausting though. You know, I can only imagine how Keanu Reeves feels after his, <laughs> he does oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, people are expecting, I mean, it seems like now people are expecting so much more out of action films and, and by extension, the stars of those action films is <laughs> so you, they really put you guys to the ringer when you're making these movies. Did you have to, to do any kind of training outside of the normal stuff or did you, you just listen very closely to your stunt coordinator and just pray? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, you rehearse this stuff. And on this one, you know, on Beckman, we definitely spent more time doing our, our action sequences, both in shooting it, but also in rehearsals and then, you know, and then doing it as well. And obviously, the bigger the movies, you know, when you're dealing with those big revenge movies, you know, they have the, they can be rehearsing for six months up to it. We didn't oh, quite wow. have that time. But I've done them, you know, in the Revelation Road movies, for example, those I have a tremendous amount of fight scenes in those movies as well. And so, yeah, I mean, you just kind of have a martial arts background and you, and then you go from there and you try to keep your body in shape and uh, not get hit for real. <laughs> Speaking of Revelation Road, do you have any more plans for, for any more of 
the Revelation Road films? Or yeah, we do. Yeah, I mean, that's a question that everybody always asks because it was set up for Revelation Road 4. And uh, we ended up, we're doing, a ser- we're doing a series basically, you know, on purefix.com, 13 episodes of it, which is very exciting. It's just kind of the Empire Strikes Back, you know, ap- 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 apocalyptic Mad Max thing that's we've been working on for quite a while to get it going. I'm hoping to shoot that next year. That's the... Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So it, hopefully it'll be coming to people by the end of next year. Wow. So with COVID going right now, disrupting so many things, has that put a stop to any of the projects you guys are working on or has it been? It has. It You know, it pushes stuff back because, you know, the SAG is the Screen Actors Guild, which is all the actors. And that, you know, it's, they have very stringent guidelines, which is great, but it's also, it's pushed back a lot of production. And so, because it balloons the budgets up a bit, specifically on independent movies, you know, that it's harder to, it's harder to fund those. So, but we're moving forward, you know, it's just, uh, I think it's probably kind of set us back maybe six months, but I think we're, you know, we're still shooting. So we're still, you know, we're making movies and just a little slower. I understand that completely. Luckily, I think that's pretty much everybody's MO right now. You're in a big boat right now. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, we're not alone. I mean, you know, but things are starting to come back now and, and we've shot, you know, we we're shooting another movie right now. And so we're doing it as well. Everybody's, it's just, everything's just moving a little bit slower. That's awesome. And took a Uh, break, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the premiere is tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. We're one of the first Hollywood premieres back. If that's nuts. Yeah, it is. And I mean, we're socially distanced and have all the COVID testing and all that other stuff, you know, temperature testing and and masks. And so, but it's very exciting. It's at the Universal Hilton and, and, and yeah, ton of medians coming out and, and all the stars. And so should be really good. And then of course, you know, on uh, Tuesday, the 22nd, it is everywhere. So it's Walmart, Tart, Redbox, you name it, Apple. Oh, wow. Wow. So it's not, will it be streaming as well at the same time? No, it streams a little later than that. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, there's always the windows in Hollywood, you know, it's the, oh yeah. It comes out theatrically first and then it goes to home entertainment and home entertainment is everywhere, you know, except for SVOD. And then the SVOD is normally after that, the streaming rights to the Netflix and the other places. I hear you. So, I do have one quick question. I understand you guys have a streaming service. The, uh, yes. So, airflix.com. Are you guys going to stream both simultaneously on other as well as your own home service? Not right now. No. The it will again. It goes out home entertainment first. You know. So it's on Direct TV and Dish on the pay per view. You know all the red boxes and everything like that and Walmarts and Targets and everywhere else. But then, and then the SVOD, the streaming platform is the next. And so it's planning on going to pureflix.com after that. Oh, that's Um, cool. Cool. Yep. And so, yeah, you know, Pureflix has been great. There's, if you don't know too much about it, check it out. It's pureflix.com has over 10,000 titles on it. A lot of original series and, and uh, yeah, some really cool stuff. That's all faith family stuff. So it's great for your kids. That's awesome. So David A.R. White, thank you so much for coming on the show. We had one of your your co-stars on the show not long ago. She spoke so highly of you. And it's 
nice getting to to kind of talk to the person that she talks so much about. Kira Kira Reed Lorsch oh, awesome. was on, and awesome. she she couldn't say she couldn't say a bad thing about you. She was just saying that you were well, give awesome, her dude. She so. needed more than that. Than that. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> well, David. Nice. Thanks again for coming on. Good luck with your premiere. And I can't wait to, obviously, Alabama's a long way from Hollywood. So I will be catching it. <laughs> Catch yeah. it a little bit later. But I'm looking forward to it, man. Hey, thank you so much. And all the best to you as well. All right. Thanks. All right. All right take it easy. Enjoy the rest of your evening. You too. Man. All right. Goodbye. back thank you david for coming on chatting with casey about the beckman movie i really appreciate that you know it's it sounds like a through the trailer is really cool uh, uh the premiere sounds like it's gonna be a lot of fun uh, i hope someday to be able to go to a movie premieres myself uh, it's always been a dream of mine to you know be invited to a premiere because i think it's super cool and i love seeing movies so you know there you go but that's it for today guys hope you enjoyed that you know and if you did enjoy that head over to spoilerverse.com check out all of our back issues we have so much more going on over there we had so many other awesome interviews with creators like David Ayer White and Kira Reed Lorsch and, you know, the Rob Paulsons of the world and the Jim Cummings of the world and the Robert Wolves. It's just, it's so, can't even list off how many great people we've talked to. So head over to Spoilers.com, check out our back issues, check out the back issues of all of our other shows out there like Bridging the Kingdoms and Nerdtocalypse and Haphazard Adventures and Nerds from the Crypt and so many more. And while you're there, check out the articles and the reviews and the previews. Drop some comments on there because they love that. Click on that store link, head over to our store, pick up a t-shirt, a hoodie, a face mask, a sticker, a tapestry, something. Look fly as hell and help support the site while you're doing that. And you know, that's it, guys. That's the show. And with that, we have one thing left to do, and that's... In an Oceans of Podcasts, we are Cthulhu. And as Cthulhu compels you to do, open the mind and read more. And reading can be reading a book, a comic book. It could be... Listening to an audiobook and be watching it. Reading just means, in my opinion, reading just means take in some entertainment to expand your mind. Go do that. Be nice to